even when you are well practiced in this, we all have blind spots. We all have, I'll call them weak spots or areas where we can get stronger. And for me, definitely one of those is in starting new relationships, even if I know that those relationships serve me, are good for me, and will create a better life. Welcome to the Ignited Recovery Podcast, a new way forward for anyone looking for answers but feeling left out. If you've been searching for empowerment, triumph, and purpose, you've found them right here. You won't hear the same solutions and you're not going to have any excuses to fall back on because Ignited Recovery allows heroes to rise and become their best selves. I'm Dr. Adi Jaffe and I can't wait to be your guide on this journey. Are you ready to become an Ignited Hero? What's up, everybody? Dr. Adi here. I am on a road trip of sorts this week, and so I wanted to come to you and talk about another road trip that I just took um, just a little while ago, literally just a few days ago. But before I really explain the road trip itself, I want to start out with really revealing something about myself that I don't think I've ever really talked about, not on this podcast or broadly in, in my life. I don't talk about it all that much. And that is how hard of a time historically in my own life I've had making friends with guys. Now, when I was a little kid back in Israel, elementary school, you know, daycare, kindergarten, whatever, you know, all the kind of all the way to junior high, but a little before um, junior high, really, all my friends were guys, right? Um, maybe there was a odd girl that I was friends with. And most, you know, the vast majority, like 90% of my friends were guys. And we played sports and we played around the park and we did all the things that elementary school kids um, and younger kids do. I actually lived in Israel, literally across the street from my school. So if you looked at the back balcony of the apartment that I grew up in in Israel, you would see the school and I would it would be like a three minute walk to get to school every day. And right next to the school was a playground where there are all these, you know, games, monkey bars and, and slides and all this stuff that you could do. And also our soccer field and basketball course and all that. So as boys, we were out playing during school and then we would hang out there for a very, very long time after school, really trying to delay going home as much as we could. I was a latchkey kid, so there was nobody home when I would come home. I'd go pick up my sister from school, play a little bit more. We'd go eat in the local kind of pizza place and then we go home. So at that time, all my friends were guys, and it really wasn't wasn't even something I thought about, right? I just had a lot of boy men friends. But something happened later in life, and it started before I left Israel, so I can't I can't really put it on that. At some point, it's almost like all my attention and where I got comfortable became all oriented around women, girls, and it makes a lot of sense when I look back at my life because my dad was always gone. My dad was never home growing up. He worked a ton. He was also in the military. So he was gone literally my entire life until the age of 14 or so. I would see him once, twice a week, maybe, and on family vacations. And I don't know if you've had that kind of history, but if you have, it was my mom who really raised me and I had a little sister. So I really got very comfortable having conversations with my mom and my sister, hanging out with them, going out and, you know, when we would go have to buy groceries or we go shopping or we just go hang out, it'd be the three of us. And I was surrounded by these two women who were seminal, very important in my life. But I didn't realize as I got older, how that would actually impact my ability to relate to other men. And it did, and it happened gradually. And it was so insidious that by the time 
high school came around, my friends group gradually got split up into about half men, half women. And then towards college and later in my life, almost all my friends were women. I hung out primarily with girls and we would talk and we'd hang out. And some of it, the time there was like attraction and sexual relationships attached to that. But a lot of times it wasn't. A lot of times it was just more comfortable hanging out and talking with them. Um, at some point in my life, literally by the time I was about 18 years old, I actually started questioning my own sexual orientation around that because it became obvious to me. I saw the gap, right? I saw that I wasn't comfortable hanging out with men, like the way they talk to each other, the sort of like pranking and competition and calling each other out. And so much of the way the men I saw hung out with each other just didn't align with me. So I only really hung out with other men who were more like me and then a lot of women. Now that by itself may not be a problem, may not seem like a problem. And it wasn't until I started getting into serious relationships and I became kind of like a serial monogamous. I would date one person and then we'd date for a while and then things would break up. And then uh, we'd end that relationship and I would start another. And it kind of that's my, how my life went on for years, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years. When Sophie and I got together, she didn't care. She didn't mind that literally all of my friends were women. Um, I was in a graduate program at UCLA by that point, And I literally don't think I hung out with one guy. All the women from the department were the friends that I had. Again, at some, with some of those relationships, there was sexual attraction, sometimes even hooking up, um, especially when Sophie and I broke up before we even met. And it was fine. Nobody really cared much about it. But then, as you know, as part of our story, I ended up having a side relationship with another woman, cheated on Sophie, and that caused a major rift in our relationship. We broke up for a year. And... I went on this you know, process of self-discovery. And when Sophie and I got back together, one of the things that caused the rift on an ongoing basis was the fact that everybody I hung out with and everybody I talked to were women, especially now that Sophie had trust issues with me. Obviously, you could imagine that created massive trust issues for her. So I ended up ending at some point because we got very serious about moving forward towards marriage and kids and all that. I ended up ending all of those female relationships, all the women that I was friends with, um, all those relationships came to an end, which meant if you're keeping track of who I'm friends with, meant that I had no other friends, right? I literally had no other friends because the only friends before I'd cut all those relationships off were women and I had to cut all the female relationships out of my life. And so I had no friends. At the time, I didn't even care. I didn't mind because I was so focused on maintaining and keeping the relationship with Sophie that it was fine with me. I didn't get to have female friends. I, I had to focus on this piece of my life. Later, it started becoming a problem because when you have no friends other than your significant other, they have to become your source of everything. All your processing, anytime you want to talk about anything, if you're having a good day, a bad day, if you want to process what's going on with work, on a TV show you just watched or how you're feeling in your workouts, the only person you can talk to is your significant other. And this might come as news for you all, and it's definitely something we're going to cover in this upcoming Manifest Your Perfect Relationship workshop that we're doing here in a few days. It's really hard for one person to deliver everything you need. It's hard for them to communicate the way you need them to. It's hard for them to have knowledge and interest and passion about every single area of life. That's why we have different friends. That's why we have different relationships. But Sophie is so social that really, I didn't mind that my life became essentially this. I worked, and if you can't, if you haven't noticed it yet, I work a lot. So I worked, we had our family, and if Sophie had social engagement, we would go on those. And that is how we progressed for over a decade, if I'm honest. And at some point, Sophie started pointing out to me that I need to, I need to make friends. I think she said it in a slightly more um, diplomatic way, but actually knowing Sophie, maybe she didn't. She's like, hey, you need to have other friends. 
friends that are going to mirror things to you, friends you can process stuff with, and friends that you can talk to when it's not me. So you don't need to rely on me alone for you know your to be your mirror and your growth opportunity and your expansion. I had no no friends. I had nobody I could turn to, and we talked about this. Adult friending is not easy. So I tried, right? Like I would reach out to guys that I looked up to or thought we could relate. And it worked sometimes, but creating brand new relationships has been a very difficult thing in my life, especially now being so busy with businesses and family and all. Have you been going to couples therapy for years, but nothing has changed? Do you feel sick sometimes of that awkward phase with a therapist where you constantly have to rehash your story? Do you sometimes feel like, when's the good stuff? When are we going to get happy again? So many of our clients feel like this, especially as we emerge from the pandemic. Fighting a lot, can't communicate effectively, intimacy feels uncomfortable, maybe not having enough sex, and have grown in different directions. Well, we're here to help because we're gearing up for part two of our Manifest Your Perfect Relationship series. Learn the ways to get to know each other better, to truly connect to the person you love, and stop fighting against the unknown parts of yourself and your loved one. We're giving you a shortcut. Over a decade's worth of lessons that we've learned all in one day. We'll teach you what brought us to actually change and grow together. Join us in Malibu June 25th for an all-day event with workshops with Sophie and I, elevated lunch and snacks, and a conscious happy hour with mocktails and rosé. It really will change your relationship and your entire life. There are limited spots and they're an early bird right now, so go get your tickets at ignitedrecovery.com slash manifest. That's I-G-N-T-D recovery.com forward slash manifest. Can't wait to see you. So that's where I've been for the last few years. I've been in this place trying to figure out what role do friendships and socialization have to play in my life? And it's been like that for a very, very long time until recently I started really connecting to what do I need? What do I want out of the male friends in my life? And it did turn out for me that there are some guys I'm not interested in being friends with. I have to come to terms with the fact that some of those guys, some of those attributes that I mentioned earlier that I don't like, I don't, I don't like being friends with people who constantly trick you or, or kind of like play mind games with each other. I definitely know for a fact, I don't like being friends with anybody who talks shit about other people behind their back. So I needed to find really elevated men. And I do a lot of work with men around masculinity and relationships, et cetera. So I, I tried starting to find those kind of guys. I ended up going on a trip, literally Father's Day weekend. Uh, John Kim, you may know him from Instagram as uh, The Angry Therapist. And I've connected a couple times. He and his partner, Vanessa, have actually led some workshops in one of our retreats. And it's been really, really fun to get to know each other and get connected. And I got invited on a biking trip, on a motorcycle trip. I ride a motorcycle, so does he and some of his friends and his brother. So we, we got invited on a Father's Day trip. And it was really cool to get the invite because, as I mentioned before, not a lot of outside friends outside of my relationship. And then I also remember as we were playing up to it, all this stuff that has always been there in the back of my head, and I've never really let myself process, think through, work through, let alone talk about publicly, which is why I'm doing this, all of it was coming up as the trip started building up. And so I just wanted to break that down here and walk you guys through the process that was going on for me, because I saw it in real time. I do the work a lot, obviously, about myself and improvement and, and expansion. So I was aware of it happening, but that doesn't mean it didn't make me uncomfortable. So as the trip was coming near, there were so many things, so many opportunities, so many times in our day-to-day -day life with Sophie and I and the family and work that made 
making time for this trip difficult. Our kids got sick. The trip was the day before Father's Day. I had an entire week-long work trip planned starting that Monday. I would have to leave that Sunday. And so it became clear that taking this literally 24-hour period to connect with these men on this bike trip was going to, one, take time away from my family, B, quote-unquote, interfere with any Father's Day plans we would have had. It would have extended. I was already going to be gone for five days. Now I'm essentially kind of gone from the house for seven days. And when the kids got sick in the day or two before at our house, I knew I was going to put a lot of stress on Sophie. And she also let me know, wow, now you're leaving for two days or a day, and then you're leaving for five days after. puts a lot of stress on me. And I could feel myself pushing back and going like, well, fuck it. I'll just cancel the guy's trip. I don't have to go on this. Uh, I, I haven't done it yet. This is not a deep friendship yet. And so I could just cancel it now and it wouldn't be that big a deal. And I saw myself fighting against that. And the reason that it was so hard, I ended up going on a trip, obviously, but the reason it was so hard was it was change, right? I had to split the time I had available in life between our relationship, our kids, and uh, the businesses, the work. But now adding friendships means one more bucket of energy I need to put time in. And that bucket was going to take 24 hours out of my life, which is a lot in the life that I live right now. And it was going to mean taking attention away from my kids and away from my family. And that was really, that was really hard. It was a challenge to deal with. There were many, many times during the process that I almost called and said, hey, I can't come. That, that's how it started for me. Then we went on the trip and I got to learn even more about myself. So I met John and now one of his friends, George, um, for breakfast before we went on the trip. And like riding out, I could start seeing myself trying to analyze, where do I fit in? Am I going to be cool enough? What are they going to think of me? And it's funny, right? I'm a 46-year-old man for crying out loud. Well, 46 soon. But I'm a 46-year-old man. And here I am sitting around trying to figure out what these guys are going to think of me. Like all this stuff from junior high and high school, all the crap that used to run around in my head was still there as a 46-year-old man. And I had to really kind of do what I know to, how to do now, which is breathe, recognize that I'm the best version I can be of myself right now, and that I'm proud of who I am. And all I can do is show up as that guy to the interaction. And it's even, you know, it's a men's bike trip, right? So John, and John, if you're listening to this, excuse the uh, generalization right here, John shows up on like the biggest freaking Harley you've ever seen in your life. It's like, I'm in a hotel right now out here in Wisconsin. It's like the size of the bed that I'm in. 1,800cc. The thing's got like a couch for a seat. It's massive, right? Like I think four people could fit on this bike easily and you wouldn't even feel it. It's massive. My bike is this sporty little cafe racer. And I'm like playing comparisons in my head about the bikes. And then when we ride, I'm comparing how he's riding and the speed. And I'm, I'm constantly comparing myself to him, I'm constantly trying to figure out if, how I'm measuring up. And it was really, really interesting to see that on a two hour ride when we went to Idlewild. And for the entire rest of the day, I had to come to terms and it got better. I could literally, as I'm closing my eyes describing it, I could feel my level of pressure and anxiety go down and down and down as I got to actually know these guys. As we got to sit around and tell stories and talk about who we are as people, where we've been in our lives, what's going on for us now in our relationships, et cetera. And as I actually got to know them, my need to show up in a way that one-ups anybody or in a way that seems cool or in a way that proves anything to anyone who was there on the trip slowly disappeared. I don't know that I knew that it would happen within less than 24 hours, right? 
in the past in my life, this was the thing that kept me out of so many relationships. The part of having to get to know the people well enough where I could actually relax into being myself. And when I was in junior high and high school, maybe even the beginning of college, I didn't even know myself well enough. So I don't know that I could have sunk into that version of me. But by the time it came time to the next morning leave, I could tell that I no longer needed to impress anyone. I no longer needed to prove. I no longer needed to do what everybody else was doing in order to show them that I was part of the group. I could say what I wanted to say, feel how I wanted to feel and be very, very comfortable all within a very, very quick time period. Four of us, and again, I've never known any of those guys except for John beforehand, hanging out. And that's why I wanted to drop this note. I wanted to drop this note because I wanted to show you guys that even when you are well-practiced in this, we all have blind spots. We all have, I'll call them weak spots or areas where we can get stronger. And for me, definitely one of those is in starting new relationships, even if I know that those relationships serve me, are good for me, and will create a better life. Because the initial reaction is resistance. The initial reaction is all the discomfort, all the pain, all the past uncertainty, and maybe even trauma, if that's what you've gone through, that has happened in previous parts of our lives coming up as we challenge it again. But it doesn't have to be a long challenge, right? Sometimes those challenges resolve, like I said, in less than 24 hours, and maybe they take days, maybe they even take weeks. But there's no doubt for me that incorporating other viewpoints, other perspectives, other friends and meaningful, powerful people into my life will only help me become a better version of self over time. And I hope, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I hope that me doing that for others, showing up, supporting them, giving them my insight, you know, being the mirror for them will also help theirs. So this was a long journey if you think about it, right? By the time junior high, middle of junior high, beginning of high school hit, I had almost started completely dissolving and disappearing from all the male relationships in my life. That means when I was about 14 years old. I'm now 46 years old. So we're talking about 32 years later when that kind of carousel is finally coming around to allow me to challenge those things that have been uncomfortable before. I can't tell you yet how that's going to resolve. I can't tell you yet how that's going to improve, change, affect my life. But I wanted to share with you in real time as it's happening that if one of you right now is struggling with a challenge you've had for a really, really long time, like 30 years, as I'm sharing with you here, it's never too late to decide to lean into that discomfort. And when you decide to do that, there will be that anxiety and the stress that uh, probably came up for me. But you can do it. You can challenge yourself. And on the other side of those challenges, on the other side of that inner conflict now, right, because those guys didn't even know that I was having that conflict. On the other side of it is a different, more evolved, potentially better version of you. So that's worth it. So I know it's the end of the week, but what can you do this weekend or even rolling into next week to lean in to some of the discomforts you've been avoiding for a long time? I would love to hear from you personally. Hit me up by DM on Instagram at Dr. D. Jaffe or uh, info at ignited.com. Just shoot me an email. Let me know how this might have affected you and what sort of challenges you're going to take on in order to become the best version of the ignited you. Thank you so much, everybody. Have an amazing weekend. See you next week. Hey, everybody. It's Adi again, and I want to share with you something that I believe is one of the most useful free tools I've ever created for my clients and for you. It's our free personalized 
my drinking score report. Look, you already know that at Ignited, we don't care much for labels and we don't believe in any of those once a blah, 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 always a blah, blah, blah slogan. But if you are questioning your specific relationship with alcohol, you may be trying to figure out how to understand what you need to do and whether you're moving in the right direction. Well, then this completely free tool is for you and will give you the answers you're looking for. All you're gonna do is you're gonna take a five minute quiz answering simple questions that you know the answers to. And then like magic, our system is gonna spit out a custom report so that you can find out more about your relationship with alcohol and actually get guidance and help to some of the changes that you can individually make. I created this tool to give you a customized, personalized, virtual resource that you can take at any time and that makes it easy to get the exact recommendations and steps that you need to help eliminate your struggles. Anybody can take it and did I mention that it's completely 100% free? Well, it is. So stop running around in circles trying to figure out why you're having a hard time getting sober and get real solutions and guidance to help transform your life and get ignited forever. Just pause this audio right now and go to ignited.com forward slash go. Again, that's ignited.com forward slash go and take our five minute quiz right now. Find out what your drinking score is and then share it and tag us on Instagram or Facebook because remember, fuck shame. Together, we get to move forward and get better every day. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignited Heroes Recovery Podcast. I really hope you found the information here useful and that we'll see you back here next week. And look, I want to make sure that this podcast is the most useful it can be for you. So please let me know by emailing info at ignited.com if there are any specific topics or questions you'd like to have addressed. As usual, if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave us a five-star review and rating. Thanks and see you next week.